If you're enjoying this Med Prep to Go Step 1 podcast, you can now get the content along with the content of the Crush Step 1 podcast ad-free in one bundle. Just go to medpreptogo.com and find our new subscription podcast called Med Prep to Go Step 1 Bundle. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Ted O'Connell with the Med Prep to Go podcast. Today, we'll be reviewing three behavioral science questions. Just a reminder that you can find these questions as well as many more on our website at medpreptogo.com. If you have feedback or you'd like to get involved contributing to this free online and audio question bank, please contact us through our website or you can reach out to me directly at Ted dot medprep to go at gmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, give us a review, and tell your friends about this project. And you can learn more about me and my books and other projects at tedxoconnell.com. All right, let's get started with our first question. A 69-year-old woman is transported to the emergency department by emergency medical services after a fall in a nursing home facility. She is accompanied by several family members who report a history of severe Alzheimer's dementia. She has had several recent falls, which required emergency department visits, and a near-fatal bout of pneumonia two months ago, which required a prolonged hospitalization. During the most recent inpatient stay, her son, who is her health care power of attorney, signed documents for a Do Not Resuscitate, or DNR, and a do-not-intubate order in the event of a cardiac or respiratory arrest. On physical examination, she is noted to be obtunded and then goes into cardiac arrest. She has no palpable pulses, and her respirations are irregular. Her daughter and grandson ask the medical staff to begin cardiopulmonary resuscitation, or CPR. Which of the following is the most appropriate action by the medical staff? A. Consult the critical care team to begin cardiopulmonary resuscitation. B. Consult the hospital ethics committee for recommendations. C. Do not pursue intubation or resuscitation efforts. D. Intubate the patient and begin chest compressions and mechanical ventilation. E. Obtain a court order to intubate and resuscitate the patient. The correct answer is C. Do not pursue intubation or resuscitation efforts. During the patient's previous stay in the hospital, do not intubate and do not resuscitate orders were placed by the son, who is the patient's health care power of attorney. In this case, the patient's son acts as the health care proxy because the patient not only has severe Alzheimer's dementia, but is also unresponsive and is thus lacking decision-making ability. In this case, healthcare power of attorney has already been determined legally, and ventilation and cardiopulmonary resuscitation have been declined due to the patient's progressively worsening health status. A court order would not change the decision-making and would not be obtained quickly enough to intervene in this situation. The key learning point for this question is that surrogate decision-makers who have healthcare power of attorney also known as durable power of attorney status, have the right to refuse care on behalf of a patient who does not have decision-making capacity. 
Question two, a 34-year-old woman presents to the clinic to establish care. When asked about her medical history, she explains that she recently moved herself into a studio apartment and that she has fallen in love with the people in her neighborhood and already has so many friends. She explains that she hasn't been to the doctor since she was in her early 20s, but recently has been experiencing a cough for the past week and desires evaluation for this. Her temperature is 36.6 degrees Celsius, or 97.9 degrees Fahrenheit, heart rate 64 beats per minute, blood pressure 110 over 64 millimeters of mercury, respirations 16 per minute, and pulse oximetry 99% on room air. As the physical examination begins, she asks if she can go to the bathroom to make sure that there is nothing in her teeth. She also asks for a glass of water for her hoarse voice. While in the bathroom, she can be heard singing and talking through the door to the nurse. When she comes back in the room, she stumbles slightly getting onto the exam table and falls into the physician and grabs his shoulder to catch her balance and starts laughing to herself saying, I'm so clumsy. Examination of the mouth reveals moist mucous membranes, no tonsillar swelling or exudate, and no erythema in the posterior oropharynx. When these findings are explained, she tells the physician, Wow, you are such a smart doctor. I'm so lucky I found you. Which of the following best describes this patient's presentation? A. Dependent personality disorder. B. Factitious disorder. C. Histrionic personality disorder. D. Malingering or E, schizotypal personality disorder? The correct answer is C, histrionic personality disorder. Histrionic personality disorder is characterized by elevated emotion, attention-seeking behavior, preoccupation with appearance, and sometimes sexually provocative behaviors. While each individual action on its own, that is, going to the bathroom to examine appearance, talking through the door, and stumbling into the doctor could be circumstantial. Together, they support this diagnosis over the other answer choices listed. Answer choice A, dependent personality disorder, is incorrect. Dependent personality disorder describes a person who has an intractable need to be taken care of, often by a family member or partner. These patients are known to have low self-confidence and tend to remain in abusive relationships. While this patient shows interest in relationships, she shows independence moving into her studio apartment and meeting new people. Answer choice B, factitious disorder, is incorrect. Factitious disorder is the conscious simulation of illness for primary gain, for example, attention from medical providers. The presentation of factitious disorder most often has a long history of utilization of the medical system and requests for extensive diagnostic workups and invasive procedures. This patient has not seen a provider for roughly a decade and has not expressed any interest in further testing for her cough. Answer choice D, malingering, is incorrect. Malingering is a conscious simulation of illness for secondary gain, for example, time off work, financial benefit, or obtaining controlled substances. In this patient's presentation, the 
patient does not request anything from the physician. Instead, she engages them for affirmation and attention. Answer choice E, schizotypal personality disorder, is incorrect. Schizotypal personality disorder most often presents with patients who have an eccentric appearance and endorse magical thinking, ideas that are inconsistent with cultural norms and influence the patient's behavior. This patient does not demonstrate these characteristics. The key learning point for this question. Histrionic personality disorder should be considered in patients who are overly concerned about their appearance, seek attention, are sexually provocative, and have an elevated mood. Demonstration of primary and or secondary gain is not required for the diagnosis. And the third and final question for this episode. A 21-year-old man presents to the clinic because he has been hearing voices in his head for the past three months. He reports that the voices have been telling him that he is ugly and worthless, causing him to quit his job and isolate himself in his room. He also reports that over the past three months, the television has started to send him cryptic messages that the world's major cities will collapse soon due to a natural disaster. When asked more about this natural disaster, the patient switches conversation from the natural disaster to dogs, cats, his mother's cooking, and the nice red car he would like to buy. He has no significant past medical history, takes no medications, and denies any illicit drug use. Which of the following is the patient's most likely diagnosis? A. Brief psychotic disorder. B. Delusional disorder. C. Schizoaffective disorder. D. Schizophrenia. Or E. Schizophreniform disorder. The correct answer is E. Schizophreniform disorder. Schizophreniform disorder which has the same diagnostic criteria as schizophrenia, but with symptoms present for only one to six months. For this diagnosis to be made, the patient needs to have two or more of the five following criteria. Delusions, hallucinations, disorganized speech, disorganized or catatonic behavior, and negative symptoms. At least one of the symptoms needs to be the characteristic symptom of the disorder delusions, hallucinations, or disorganized speech. Functioning at work, interpersonal relations, or self-care are impaired for a significant portion of the time since the onset of the disturbance. From the vignette, the patient appears to be having auditory hallucinations, delusions of reference, tangential speech, which is a form of disorganized speech, and impairments in social and occupational functioning. Answer choice A, brief psychotic disorder, is incorrect. Brief psychotic disorder is characterized by schizophrenic symptoms that last less than one month. Brief psychotic disorder can commonly be brought on by stress. Answer choice B, delusional disorder, is incorrect. Delusional disorder is a fixed, false belief that lasts for more than one month but which does not interfere with social and occupational functioning. Given that the patient in the vignette has quit his job and has isolated himself in his room, his symptoms are affecting his social and occupational functioning. Answer choice C, 
Schizoaffective disorder is incorrect. Schizoaffective disorder can be thought of as schizophrenia with a major mood disorder, such as major depressive or bipolar disorder. Answer choice D, schizophrenia, is incorrect. Schizophrenia has the same diagnostic criteria as schizophreniform disorder, but the symptoms have been present for more than six months, and there is an absence of another diagnosis that would better account for the presentation. The key learning point of this question. Schizophreniform disorder is defined as having all of the criteria for schizophrenia, but the total duration of the disorder is one to six months. Two or more of the characteristic symptoms are present. Delusions, hallucinations, disorganized speech, grossly disorganized or catatonic behavior, and negative symptoms such as alogia, avolition, or affective flattening. Functioning at work, interpersonal relations, or self-care are impaired for a significant portion of the time since the onset of the disturbance. That's it for this episode of the podcast, but don't forget that you can find these questions and many more on our website, medpreptogo.com, as well as other questions in our other podcast episodes. If you want to get involved helping to create content for this project, feel free to reach me at ted.medpreptogo at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next time.